Hey guys, Podcast Master Tim here, welcoming you back to part two of episode four. This episode is now entitled The Stuffer Shack Sprints. So hopefully it's been a few seconds since you just listened to part one, so you'll know what's going on and you'll be all caught up. If it's been a day or two or a week, that's fine. I understand life happens. Here is your quick summary. Uh, Walter just got out of the car wash and his undercarriage is squeaky clean. So without further ado, part two. So I washed myself off with a car wash. <laughs> Fast forward. Woven, you get to the Suffer Shack first, since it's just right down the street. But you don't get to the Suffer Shack first, because you're on the 10th floor of a burning building now. How do you get down? Uh, well... Taking some wisdom of my best friend, Walter. Hmm. Oh, jeez. I've got it in recording now. It's a fact. <laughs> that would explain why you never did the windows. Well, I mean, we've clearly stated before that the grappling gun is a very useful tool of interwovens. Takes them a minute, clearly. You've got shattered everything everywhere, burning building, freaking out that your place just exploded and not Rex. So I jump off the building, grapple onto the next one, and I make my way over to the stuffer shack, not being the first one like I intended. That's true. Uh, Melina, uh, a.k.a. Sam's character, she does beat you there, but you are still able to finagle your way in to where you can get yourself situated the way you want to that is correct that reminded me the first thing that i did when i got to the bottom of my building was i did grab uh, one of my cameras that survived the one that i put into the lobby and i took that to the stuffer shack with me so because the stuffer shack which we never got to tell you about was our very first game with Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. and it was a mission that we're not going to go into but it does not have cameras at the Stuffer Shack. Stuffer Shack is basically a 7-Eleven. It's on every corner. And this, these don't have cameras for whatever reason that I can hack into. So I took the camera that I bought and I walked into the Stuffer Shack, walked my way around, starting to put a camera into the building. And I get interrupted by a kid that's working there saying, what are you doing? And I slide him a cred stick of 50 new yen and said, telling you to shut up to what I'm doing. And that's what he does. He shuts up and walks away. He does. Uh, and then I believe we went on to another tangent about how they have a certain type of videos uh, for rental at the Stuffer Shack. Correct? Oh, yeah. Something that would be very enticing to my character, which I probably should start taking into account while playing this kid. So one simple question from character to character interwoven do you watch the troll videos <laughs> uh, no interwoven doesn't watch the troll videos especially he's been turned off completely now that he's seen way too much with walter and troll videos <laughs> that is true that is true <sighs> so you get your camera set up and you're able to successfully sneak out while Melina is nuking something that could resemble food at the microwave. 
So where do you go then? Well, I'm messaging her while I'm kind of just browsing around the back of the store. And she really just wants to talk face to face. So I decide to get close enough to kind of be standing behind her, but also in the other aisle. Kind of like talking between the shelves kind of thing. As I begin speaking to her, that's when somebody else shows up. No. Nope, nope, nope. You're jumping ahead a little bit too much there, Woven. As you guys are talking and oh, everything. Yes. I remember now. Walter sends a message to everybody to meet at his place. Uh-huh. I send the GPS coordinates to my van and say, hey, guys, let's sort this out. Let's all meet up at my house. I'll let you do your part there, Walter. Well, there isn't much to say. I'm a clean, brand new man, and I'm walking back from the car wash. I'm walking well, back home. Before you go to the car wash, you send a message to everybody stating, hey, let's all meet up at my place so we can sort this out. I'll be back in a few. I'm going to go get cleaned up. Okay, wow. so you sent that twice? I, I rem- Later on in the game, you send it at IHOP. So that's why I was confused. Yes, Woven, I am trying to... I spend the whole game trying to get you to come Ah, jeez, yeah, you do. Nobody <laughs> wants to be at your place. Oh, don't well, worry. I get everybody there eventually. Uh, so the man with the contract on his head sends the guy that is trying to kill him his GPS location. See, though, here's another example, though, of Walter. He's being too smart for his own good because Walter Wait, and his in there. Well, yes, in his heart of heart, he knows that you don't want to actually kill him <laughs> and that you don't want to actually what? kill. What? He knows that you aren't going to actually kill either Woven or myself. And that's clearly that it's something that we need to talk out and sort out and figure out how to handle this situation because we're all best friends. We need to talk to Walter's heart and ask the heart if that's meditating, meta or not meditating. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> Walter is very naive, and you guys have been stuck with him now for two missions, so he thinks that you guys are his best friends. So... Well, he's getting cleaned up. I make it over to his place and see that he is not there. So I do my stealth checks, my hide checks, and I set up. So the moment that I see him, I have a full three rounds of aiming in. And here's where we're going to have to preface with some meta. You originally, your intentions were to use the explosive rounds, correct? The explosive armor-piercing rounds. But then Justin, the player, thought better of it, and you magically switched your rounds over to the tranquilizer darts. The blood splatter tranquilizer rounds. So this is an example where I am grateful that the meta happened. I think you were grateful that the meta happened, but if the meta had not have happened, the game would have played out as it should have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm still debating if I made the right choice on that one, to be honest. <laughs> well, I'm thankful that it happens. 
So I remember the roles for this. And I will say, you do get me with one roll, meaning one shot. You one shot and I'm just out. But I will say, those rolls were very close. You only beat me by one dice roll. I had eight successes out of my nine accuracy. And I had, I guess it was two, because I had five successes out of my body. So You had uh, your perception first to see if you even spotted me. Oh, that's correct. That's correct. I completely whiffed on that. I was too busy being enamored with how squeaky clean my suit was. And when he failed that, I fired. And surprise, surprise, I get knocked out flat cold. And where do I land? Back, back in, in the, the mud. Because <laughs> I aimed at the back of his head. And mind you, this is a 50 caliber bolt action sniper. And I'm not at full range. And I laid in square in the back of his skull. And this yep. rifle negates five armor out the gate. Let's be honest. You all need a pea shooter. And that air-headed Walter would puff up anyways. It was a good that shot. I will give it to him. It was a very good shot. I didn't need to take that good of a shot. But I, I, I needed to vent on you. So, my character's out cold, so you two are in charge of the podcast now until Walter comes back into existence. Well, you need to explain what it did to your <laughs> character so they have an understanding. Oh, goodness. What didn't it do to my character? So, in Shadowrun, you have you don't have hit points and life points. You have boxes, and there are... They're stacked in columns of three. You have three rows over, and then that is one column. And depending on how much body and resistance and other factors go into it, that's how many columns of physical health you get. And then you also get a column for stun damage. And stun damage can equate over to fatigue, if you will, correct? Stun and fatigue is kind of like that, but if you max out through your stun, it starts doing lethal damage. That is correct. It starts doing your physical damage. That one shot maxed out all nine of my stun boxes and did three columns into my physical damage. And he already had three of his physical damage filled. It, needless to say, it's already been a rough day for Walter. While Walter is busy being murdered, my notes say here that you are brave enough to text or hack into Melina's phone. I did. When I had come to the realization that Melina never had a contract on her, I had to find out who exactly was sending those out. Now, throughout the game, I had already sent a message to my fixer who put out these contracts. It would become clear to Interwoven by now that I had a hit on my head, Walter had a hit on his head, and lo and behold, there was a hit on Nolan's head. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, do you know who has put out these hits? Not just yet. So I dived into Molina's phone, started reading through some of her texts, and if you all remember, we had met up with a very interesting security guard over at Microdeck. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend. 
Yes, what was her name? Oh, jeez. Uh, I believe it was Celine. Celine. The one that gave you a smile and is now your girlfriend. She hugged him as well. Oh, boy, she's pregnant. <laughs> it's my girlfriend. There you go. So I saw some messages between the two, Celine and Melina. And I dug into her phone trying to see if she was the one that had put the hit on all of us. And I am going to read you a text message here that I wrote down just because I found it to be an important text message that gives you a little bit of context here. Celine messages Molina, the NPC messages Sam. They put a trace on the roach. We still don't know who the roach is and why he's being traced. But they have a trace on the roach, whoever he is. I'm sure we'll find out. I believe I thought I was the roach, but you guys had corrected me. I I don't know who the roach is. I believe that I was the roach and Justin said, no, you're not the roach. Because remember, they called you something else. But I don't really remember that conversation. Too there much. is correct. They said that they put a trace on the hacker, I believe, is what they called. No, him. they put a trace on Peter, referring to Peter oh. Parker for Spider-Man. Yes. And they referred to the annoying, disgusting one as the roach, a.k.a. Walter. Hagglesburn. So later on, Woven, you're reading through her text for quite a while. And Woven, you see a text message that rocks you to your core. And you find out that Celine, the security guard, saw your face. Listeners, if only you could have been a part of this game. My head, and I'm not talking about my head in the game, but my head me as woven aka matt or matt aka woven drops on the table leaving a nice echo for the basement it did and why so matt go ahead and dive in real quick and explain why that why is your face such a big deal to you so each of us try to put a little bit of something unique into our character something that it's a signature or just something, an aspect that we love about them. I made some sacrifices with mine, one of them being that I'm not really a fighter. And that's fine. I don't need to make those kill shots. But the one thing that I want with this character, and it's just because that's how I decided with him, is that his face is... Sacred is not even the right word, really. But I don't want it to be seen. I want to be... The hidden boy. That's why they call me Peter Parker, because I grapple around and I've got my face covered. He wants true anonymity. That's what I want. And as soon as Eric, my wonderful DM, told me about that text, my face went splat. Well, I believe the text read something along the lines of, you know, Peter Parker isn't that bad looking. So at least it was a compliment. Yeah, it took me a minute as a player to kind of gather 
because that was a huge loss for me. I'm like, oh, this is no. where we were explaining Roach and Peter Parker and everything because he was reading the text and everything and how the texting was worded. Well, that it didn't help that I was being very hopeful that I was Peter Parker and I stood <laughs> up and go, yes, I am very good looking. Thank you. <sighs> well, it took me a minute. Everybody even at the table is like, you broke Matt. You broke Woven. And I was broken for a minute there. But I just I started to collect myself and think, all right, well, Celine, I was already interested with her character and who she is. By the way, if you've been listening since the beginning, we were talking about who I believe Celine was. I was wrong. Celine is not a cybernetic copy bot but we'll get into more of who she is in a little bit here um i was intrigued on who Celine was and so i thought that's one person and it doesn't look like she gave away any details to anybody else so hopefully she's the only person and while he's doing this nolan has gone up and taking a picture of uh Walter there and then tilted his head to the side so he could at least breathe and needless to say he looks dead fully dead and that is correct and at this time Justin you do get a phone call on my burner phone it says here you get a call and it's a well this is meta I don't know this as Walter obviously but my player character knows this you get a call from who we assume is Celine, and you ask her, hey, where's Walter? I need to talk to him. And your response is... They ask, like a prostitute, you looking for a good time or anything like that. And I just respond, he's dead. I had to fight the urge to do the running gag of, who dis, new phone. <sighs> well, thank you for keeping my running gag sacred. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I had to fight that urge, and I'm like, that's not my character. That's not my character. That's not how my character is. That, re- that, that reminds me, <laughs> in the game, Walter, whenever he messages me now, he says, KK Bay. Well, the other day, Tim and I were messaging back and forth, and I sent him a message, and he responded with KK Bay, and I responded with, new messenger, who dis? Or the running gag that our GM has turned around and done when I've tagged him in different things, especially that card game that's based off phone texting. He goes, he turns around and tags into it, uh, new Facebook, who dis? Uh, I have successfully broken our group, and I'm kind of proud of that. (laughs) So anyways, uh, Justin, Noland is busy. He ties me up. Ah, first I go around and I find... Things that would kind of make you feel homey and disguise you. So I find a tarp that's got a big hole. So I find a a rotting, basically, blanket to fill that hole area. And I toss all kinds of different odds and end shaped pieces in there. Some of them Eric described as very disgusting. Then I wrapped you all up in this, tied you up. So you looked like more of a camping equipment type tarp and tossed you on the back of the bike. Well, you know, disgusting is a manner of opinion. Okay, to what a normal person would find disgusting. Okay, okay. 
right. So you throw me on the back of your motorcycle, and where are we going? We are heading to the Stuffer Shack, because that's when Melina has informed me that we needed to meet up there. By the way, I have to bring this up, because uh, Wolven did make a comment at this point in time. He looked at you and turned around and was like, hey, you're finally getting to ride on the back of the bike. That's true. I did, and I didn't even get to enjoy it, unfortunately. When I pull up to the Stuffer Shack, I take the package, so to say, off the back of the bike and lean it up against the dumpster in the back and pull the covering down so that way it's just his head exposed and he's gagged. And here is where I am going to step aside I will play referee here because this is the heated moment of the podcast. This was the heated moment of the game. This came down to the nitty gritty of when everything happened and exactly how it happened. Because this is the make or break moment. Because Nolan is starting to walk into the stuffer shack that Interwoven is currently in. So I'm currently... Locked up a little bit closer to Samantha's character, Melina, because she wants to speak to me face to face. And as I'm starting to have a conversation with her, I see out the front entrance, Nolan is walking in. He's been trying to kill me. He's been chasing after me, trying to kill me. So what do I do? What any smart person would do. I run to the back. Now, the Stuffer Shack back entrance is for employees only, so it's locked. I hack into the Stuffer Shack, unlock the double doors, and I run. As Nolan's walking in the front doors, he sees me. He begins a full-on sprint. you got to keep in mind, he is agent. He's fast. He's nimble. He's strong. I'm nimble. He's strong. So he's getting his burst of speed, which is technically faster than my character's from the strength in his legs. However, rolls have it for me. And this is where it's heated because I'm certain if rolls would have been against me and Nolan caught me, he would have would have unmasked my character. And whereas I was running cuz I knew he was coming up to kill me as the character as the player, I was running because Justin's going to unmask me. I'm getting heated. <laughs> I think you were the only one that was heated at this point because my character, Eric, told me that I just saw somebody running. I technically didn't know it was him. Well, you did. because I knew as player, but not the character. That's true. But you're like, wait, because at this moment, I didn't really keep it quiet. You know, I just said to Eric, wait, I see him, I'm running. And you respond quickly with, wait, do I see him running? So you had every intention oh, I, I of had catching every intention. Me. I had every intention of catching you. What but, is your point of view for this then, Justin? Let's get your rundown of this scenario. Basically, I enter in, I see somebody running, I find out it is him, I know it's him. I go to start chasing after him, but... So you guys know, I had never had an intention of unmasking him. I had the intention of making his hoodie covering more permanent. Hmm. Okay. 
say you were going to help him. Well, in the past, I, I had another game that I played, and somebody always wore a mask. And I got to the point where I could unmask him, but instead, I did a bunch of adhesive, so the mask was permanently affixed to his skin, and for him to take it off would be ripping off the skin. Ah. Which character did you were you playing when you did that? Uh, that was way, 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 way back in the day. I think I was like 22. Okay, so that was a young Justin. Okay. And, and that's just me playing, because literally, if you guys have seen me play other characters, it's more humor for me. Like, Khan, I went around trying to collect your brother's dog's tail, Tim, and yes. when I played the Dragonkin, I found it more entertaining the entire game to play catch with your halfling. That is true. That is very consistent with your play style. The agent, I wouldn't unmask him. The agent would probably basically find a way to make his hoodie permanent where he would have to unmask himself. So in that instance, would it be fair to say that had you caught him, Justin would have slipped in a little bit to the agent? Oh, definitely. If I had caught him at that point, I would have tranked him and then basically tried to stitch his hoodie shut or glue it shut or possibly turned around and just done something to it where if he tried to open the hoodie, he gets zapped or tranked again, where the only way he can get undone is to completely remove the hoodie by himself. Okay. Okay. So no matter what, I was in the right call of just getting the heck out of Dodge. Oh, you were in the right call, but I wouldn't have unmasked you. You would have unmasked yourself. So... What I did was I ran out the back door, double doors, as Nolan is quickly chasing behind the double doors shut and lock. I lock them immediately, having and Nolan's character slam hard into those doors. And I shoulder charge into the door, bounce off the door, take a second to look, and try to go out the front and wrap around. But mm-hmm. at that point... Mr. Woven's got enough time out back. Mr. Woven? Yeah, I ran into an interesting little, uh, what did they call that again? Dock wagon. Yeah, it was military-grade weapons on, I mean, were they military guys, in a sense? Uh, Basically, what a dock wagon is, is they're basically Marine Corps veterans who... Whoa, 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 do you get this right? He said (laughs) Navy SEALs. There are a big difference between a Marine and a Navy SEAL. Okay, okay, sorry. They are Navy SEAL veterans who decided to go out for a mercenary bit. They will fly in there, land, shoot everybody up, grab you, give you basic resuscitation, and get you out of there. So they were sitting there, you know, coming in and out of the stuffer shack, filling up on snacks, and they see me and they go, what's up, man? I just kind of look at them, and I nod my head, and they hand me a pamphlet. Hey, if you ever need to get out of Dodge, give us a call. And the pamphlet's got four different pay types. You've got the bronze level, the gold level, silver level however order you want to have it correct and for five thousand bucks i could have these guys fly in and save the day but if i wanted to not yet but i am very intrigued 
Okay. I did ask just before grappling to the roof of the stuffer shack because you know interwoven and roofs. Uh, I grapple, actually. I'm grappling to the roof, and it catches the roof, and I say to him, do you guys offer... I forgot the word during the game as well. Oh. Anonymity clauses or HIPAA laws? Uh-huh. Yes, pretty much is what I asked them. And they respond with yes, and I, and I make my way to the roof. Believe it or not, Interwoven doesn't want anything to be known about him, in case you couldn't tell by this point. Yeah, I play my character to a T. That you do, Matt. I will give that to you. So, Agent is currently trying to get around back. Interwoven is going up to the roof. And Melina is getting a text. She gets a picture text. And it's a nice little picture of her good buddy Walter, wrapped up in a tarp and gagged, sitting out by a dumpster. So she goes to investigate. And she sees out there two soldiers from Microdeck. Oh, she didn't see the soldiers from Microdeck. They injected you and left as she was coming around the corner. Oh, that is correct. Sorry. Uh, two soldiers from Microdeck come up to my unconscious body and they pulp fiction me, which, of course, that means they shoot me up with adrenaline and they walk off. Right as they are walking off, Maline comes out and finds me tied up in the back. And after some coercion and sweet talking and greasing the wheels, I'm able to convince her to untie me and let me out of the tarp. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You and are the first one that she – she is the first one you see, and you start talking to her. Correct. As you have a phone that got tossed onto your chest from the microdeck people as you're sitting there talking to your phone as it is sitting on your chest. Oh, that's correct. The microdeck people gave me back Dr. Dipstick's phone. And then for me to get some peace and quiet for a minute and to shut you up because all you wanted was food is I cut you free. Uh, well, you're at a suffer shack. You need a foot long. And I just wanted you to shut up. Well, my people the, my people don't come from very high ends. The Stuffer Shack Footlong is a pretty good night for the Hornsby clan. That's five star for you, as you'd explained it. Exactly. So it was you that let me go. Yes, because I wanted peace and quiet. And I wasn't allowed to re-gag you. Okay, that's right. That's right. So I'm sitting there. I get untied finally, and I first thing I do is I run around inside to the stuffer shack and start stuffing my shack. Yeah, I believe you used that line. I, <laughs> I did. It, as well. landed, it landed as flat on Sunday as it did tonight. Yeah. I then have in my notes here, Justin, that you then get a picture of interwoven from the point of view of a man being ran over by the murder car. Yes. Which ties back in the McDonald's massacre. If you remember, Interwoven attempted to run over the last two of the Vitali family with this car he had hijacked. And then he saves them. 
he saves them, and it is now coming full circle to bite our group in the rear end. Little did we know when we actually decided, hey, let's give them a little extra episode of McDonald Massacre that Eric was planning this the whole time. It works out perfectly, and we did not plan it that way. So all of this destruction, this chaos, this bloodshed, is all on Wolfen's hands. It's all because of the murder car. Uh, this is going to play into meta next game. <laughs> At this point, Justin, you and Sam are standing in the alleyway. And Sam tells you that she needs to take a nap or something along those lines, correct? Uh, she turns around. She's like, I-, I need to find a place to rest real quick. Mm-hmm. So she grabs a chair and leans it up against the side of the building and then proceeds to her head rolls back and uh, 100% looks like she's asleep. So then I stand guard. Well, we should preface Sam being Sam. Her character says, where can I find a clean chair? Can I find yes. a cl- chair that is not absolutely disgusting? Her character enjoys nice and neat and clean things and she is not in the nice neat clean part of town none of our characters know what she's doing but she is jumping into what is called the astral plane do either of you have any better information about that than i do um go ahead woman i was gonna say not really the only thing i would say is I would reference the old Jackie Chan cartoon series. Okay, so it's that's about what I was going to say. The only information I really have about it, because I haven't looked into it that much, is it's almost equivalent to a spirit realm. You can see what you see in the real world, but you also see life forces and cybernetics and magical resonances and spirits actually dr strange that would be a good analogy as well i feel like it depends on the level that you have that ability at because this is not something our characters know but this is something we as players overheard eric mentioned to her that she was on the roof talking to another entity but that's the only thing she could see. She could not see me on the roof until the other entity said, by the way, there's who you're looking for. Yes, that other spirit, that she finds a random spirit, and that spirit directs her directly to you, but in the astral realm. Yes. And I think it was all black and grayscale, and you were like a... a- grayish blob outline Mm -hmm. here's another big thing about being in the astral realm is she does a skill which is called a sensing she assesses you which gets basically a quick rundown of your character sheet Uh, she gets your basic stats your magical essence what type of implants and cybernetics you have and Unfortunately, since that happened in the astral plane, you have no idea that it happened. Is she can she can undress me with her eyes all she wants as long as the mask stays on. 
Which, that is true, the astral plane has no way to see past that mask. There so. is no mask. It is the hood, the wow. cowl. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. There's no cowl. Anyways, while that is happening, I'm in the stuffer's shack, stuffing my shack, and I get a text message on my phone from it. It is a message from Microdeck, and it says that they are watching my phone. So who else would it be texting me from Microdeck besides my girlfriend? Oh, I forgot about this. My girlfriend turns out to be a man named Roger, who I end up having a nice conversation with about Celine, asking where she is, if she's asked about me, what she's wearing, uh, things like that. So hit on him. Well, did I? You did. He made some kind of comment, and then you said, doesn't bother me. Oh, that's correct. That's correct. I think I tried to grease his wheels, if you will, to try and get closer to Celine. So now I have here in my notes that while I'm talking to Roger, Woven successfully hacks my phone. And a picture of me eating a footlong is sent to Maline's phone. So clearly Microdeck is keeping a very close eye on us for some reason. And I don't think our characters know why yet. No, because our hacker has been running for his life this whole game. Literally. So anyways, I'm covered in fake blood and imitation, imitation nacho cheese. It's time to get my suit clean again. My character runs off. I don't think any of you guys realize yet that I run off, and I don't think any of you guys care that I run off. But my character runs off back to the car wash, and we'll put a pin in it there. Woven, you are now on the roof, and Agent has successfully made his way up to the roof. Not to that point yet. Aren't we? Oh. Well, this entire time... Woven has been on the roof, and to keep himself, see, you know, to, from being found, I've taken my phone and peeked it over the roof and just used the camera, which is broadcasting video footage to my eyes, and I've laid there watching this entire time, and I started to pick up on, okay, something's going on. I see... Sam's character, Molina, just chilling out there. And I'm just getting this uncomfortable feeling. Now, I don't really know if I meted this, because I feel like I was getting hints that... I think even Eric mentioned some... I don't know. Do you guys remember at this point? Yeah, I do. At this point, he's looking over with the camera phone, and all of a sudden, Molina sits back up. Looks at me and goes, he's on the roof. Ah, yes. I start climbing onto the roof, and our good friend, uh, Mr. Woven, rabbits. I'm a good rabbit, man. (laughs) That you are. Uh, So go ahead and take it from there, Matt. Yeah, I do. I rabbit. I mean, this is a stuffer shack in the middle of town. There's other buildings. I jump the heck off that roof and slingshot my way over to another, running roof to roof. Once Nolan gets up there, 
he sees the body's gone, but the trail isn't. He turns on his thermal vision goggles. Thermal imaging. Thermal yep. imaging. Finds my trail, hops on down, gets on his bike. Melina hops on back, and another PvP race. Off it goes. And at this point, though, Melina messages Celine and asks her if she wants to help in the tracking down of Interwoven. Mm-hmm. And of How course, Melina puts it was like, do you want to have some fun? And Celine goes, I'm not doing anything. And then Melina goes back. We are trying to catch the Peter. And she's like, I'll help. I'll be there shortly. Exactly. Because it's an NPC. Why wouldn't they help? Right, Matt? Right. And <laughs> Woven sees these text messages going across his eye, I do believe. Yes, because I am hacked into Melina's phone. That is correct. You never unhacked. And I do believe at this point is when you kicked up your game, Woven. Mm. Yeah, I started, I remember us telling you last time, but I'll go ahead and give a reminder. This game has what is called Edge, essentially luck. I was getting out of there. I edged my way out, just rolling the best I could to get across town and losing his tail. And he successfully lost my tail. Let's see now, and then that is good because he does lose you for the time being. And I am going to jump back in here as Walter. I am on my way to get cleaned up, on my way to the car wash, I'll admit it. I am texting Woven on my way there. And by texting Woven, I mean texting myself. Interwoven has never gave me his phone number, but I know that if I text myself, he will probably see it because he is always hacked into my phone, I'm assuming. So I text him and tell him that Agent wants him to fake his death so that the hit can be called off. And then I say, hey, come on over. We'll get this taken care of. Just come on over to my house. Where I always reply with, no. No. It was a very short and simple no. To both parts, I would say. Uh, so here's, though, when the poo starts to hit the fan and things start to go off the rails. I'm back at the car wash trying to get myself cleaned up again. And unfortunately, there's nobody there today getting their car washed at this time. So I have to pay to do it myself, which is like pulling nails out of a board. It's ugh. And Walter is groaning. I'm groaning, and I said, well, you know what? If I'm paying to do this, I'm going to make sure all my laundry gets done. So as I'm waiting for the cold rinse cycle, I promptly undo my pants, take off my underwear, put my pants back on, I then run through the cold rinse cycle, flapping my underwear in the air and scrubbing it. So that way all my laundry can get done since I'm having to pay for it. So as I am getting my clothes dried and putting my pants back on, apparently no. 
you hadn't even gotten putting your underwear on. You had your pants off and starting to pull the underwear up. That's true, as a micro-deck van pulls up. And I will preface saying, apparently, seeing a man run through a car wash flapping underwear, apparently that attracts a crowd. And I was being recorded by several bystanders as I was getting dressed again. And this ends up coming to bite us in the rear end here towards the end of the mission so far. And by us, he means those two. It didn't bother me a bit. It didn't bother you one bit. And it annoyed Celine. So a micro deck van pulls up as I'm getting dressed. The trunk pops open. And it's a micro-deck van, so obviously I get in because it's my girlfriend. She came to pick me up. In the van is Celine and Melina. I go, all right, ladies, where are we going? Melina hadn't shown up yet. We're on our way to meet there. At first, you try to go up to the passenger door, and that's when the trunk opens, and she's like, in the back. Uh, you know, I'm apparently trying to paint myself in a lot better light than I did during this game. Because uh. I'm sitting there, because you mooned Celine. Uh-huh. You, you tried getting in the passenger door. Uh-huh. When you finally get in the back, Sam's making comments because it's like puppy gating in the back to keep you back there. Uh-huh. And Celine makes a comment because you're like, why can't I sit up front with you? And she's like, you smell like wet dog. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all accurate. So anyways, the four of us go to – it's where, where else would you go to discuss fake murders and other great things? We go to IHOP. And I believe, uh, Nolan, you said you were going to cover my tab, didn't you, at oh, IHOP? Oh, heck no. Heck no. You were stuck with your own bill. <laughs> so we're at IHOP. Walter – none of this is concerning Walter. He's stuffing his face while – Celine, Molina, and Nolan are trying to figure out how to catch Woven. Now, to let everybody know, Walter eats like he's a three-year-old child. Everything with his hands. Bare hands. He's hungry. He hasn't ate in a few days. Uh, food is sparse down by the river. How can uh, he be hungry? He just ate a foot long of the stuffer shack. Food is sparse down by the river. He hasn't <laughs> ate in a few days. So needless to say, yes, he, he may be devouring or inhaling the pancakes in a manner that is not quite civilized. Anyways, Matt, you want to take over what your character is doing in this time? Uh, what I was doing was I decided to Photoshop Woven's death and I had taken the video footage of that tweaker walking up to my place, opening the door, and the whole place exploding. And instead of it being the tweaker, I cropped him out and put myself in there. So it was a video of my death. And I sent that over. That is correct. And during the dinner at IHOP, we are basically evaluating whether or not this video is a real and b believable hold on melina celine and nolan are discussing this video 
Walter added a little bit here and there. Walter I believe didn't. Walter watched the video and he started crying. <laughs> yeah, crying, and that was it. Yeah, because his best friend just exploded. And then basically, Nolan was convinced by Celine it was legit. He sent it in as evidence for the contract and got paid out his money. Correct. And then at this point, I decide to sneak off into the bathroom and I try to call Woven, a.k.a. I call myself. I call my number. I get a busy signal. Because you're trying to call yourself. That's not how that works. And I just start talking into it. Because I know Woven is listening. But he doesn't answer. I then get a message from Celine With a picture of the murder car victims. Standing outside of the apartment. For inner Woven. What's left of the apartment. What, correct. What is left of that apartment. Woven, you then call your Mr. Fixer to find out that Agent has a hit on his head for faking not only your death, but my death as well, correct? Only for Walter's death. Well, that's true. My death is the only one that has been proven fake because apparently there's a popular YouTube video going around of man in car wash getting dressed. Which might make me change my mind on using blood spatters on you. So now, unfortunately, due to Walter being Walter, there's a hit out on Agent's death for collecting a bounty that he did not actually do. And at this point, Celine at the same time shows me. So then uh, Celine states that she would go and help Peter. While Melina and I head back to my place to grab a spare suit and head over to her place, while we all leave, Walter in the bathroom, and none of us stated that we were paying for the check. Well, we're jumping ahead a little bit here. First thing that happens is, Woven, you text Melina, correct, and inform her of the hit now put on Agent's head. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's why we go to her place, because she tells me. I forgot about that. And you actually suggest that we do the hit. That is correct. No! No, I do. I say, he's not trustworthy. Just do the hit. And as a result of that, we're all forced to shut off our cell phones. Because melina is getting paranoid and she knows you're probably listening to one of us i'm not pointing a finger at myself right now yeah i happened to say something that upset her i said this because she's like come and meet up and we'll talk about this and i said i don't meet up i always have eyes and ears on the situation so she turned her phone off she took your phone and turned your phone off as well uh-huh, uh-huh. oh don't worry i got my phone back your syrup-encrusted phone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I snuck off to the... This is where I actually snuck off to the bathroom. Yep. The busy signal phone call happened at the booth, where I got the busy signal, and I had to fake my way through that phone call to keep up appearances. Yeah. 
here's where I should have snuck off to the bathroom earlier. I actually sneak off now, turn my phone on, and text you my van location and say, hey, we all need to meet up. Come here. I clearly, clearly say to you each and every time, not going to happen. But what do you tell the rest of the group? I tell the rest of the group that, hey, guys, Woven is going to meet up at my house. He wants to talk this out. We need to go get to my house, and we'll get this sorted out. Uh, House, I feel like, just people, please don't forget. It's a van with brain matter. So somehow I'm able to convince not only Nolan and not only Melina, but the very uptight NPC, Celine, to go to my van because they all think Woven is going to show up. And for some reason, you guys all believed me, Justin. Oh, you didn't convince Nolan. Oh, Nolan, Celine told me to come there. And at the same time, you, I think, have an outstanding bill now at the IHOP. Well, the bill may or may not have been paid at the IHOP. That's a very gray matter. Speaking of gray matter, we arrive at my van. And Celine and Melina are not too pleased with the decor choices of mine. Oh, Uh, first what happens is... We get there, you rush inside your van, and you change into what you called a robe. No, no, no. No, you went in there and you changed. You stated you changed into something nicer, and then you stepped back out and tried to convince Selena Molina to come into your van. They got complaining because of all the brains and everything all over the place, and then you decided to clean. Well... Most of that is true. Justin's having fun. My character only has one set of clothes. No, you ch- you stated you changed into something nicer or something along those lines because I have it written down. Well, no, uh, what it is is on the drive there, I remember what you're talking about now. Celine and Melina casted some magic on me. and it Oh, uh, was... that's what it was. I can't remember what the spell is called, but it was basically a makeover spell, and it cleans me from head to toe, because I was soggy, covered in syrup, and had a wrinkly suit on, and they were tired of looking at me, so they cast magic on me to clean me over from head to toe, which I think was unnecessary. Walter, you keep selling yourself short, man. You have... More than just one set of clothes. You still have that paper outfit from the taxi. Oh, that's true, but it has a hole in it, so I don't like to wear that one. That's my lounge-around clothes. I gotcha. A hole and blood. Yes, yes, yes. Celine and Maline are not too thrilled with the state of my van, which kind of upsets Walter, actually, because he knows his lifestyle, and... Why kick a man while he's down? They're pointing out the moldy cheese and the moldy cheese and the almost molding cheese and the tweaker brains and all of the garbage in there. And that kind of sends me into a tailspin. And I just start throwing things left and right out of my van, hooting and hollering, trying to appease them. 
And at that point, that is when Celine and Melina talk a little bit. I'll let you explain that. And that's when uh, Sam's character, Melina, and I leave to go get the suit into her place. Oh, I don't have those notes ready. You're going to have to fill me in on that. Because I, she, I remember Celine said something about going to help Peter or something along oh, those lines. Oh, yes. Uh, where Celine and Woven, uh, she, did she call you or did you call her? What happened was she's had a tracker on me this entire time. I didn't end up going over to my mom's in L.A. I got a Motel 6. Mm-hmm. And her magical tracker, by the way, guys, I mentioned earlier, Celine is not a cybernetic robotic copy of multiple. She's an astral character, like Sam's character. And she has this astral copy. I'll get into that a little bit more. But anyways, she went into an astral form across town and ended up meeting me over at the Motel 6. Okay, so she almost went into a spirit form. Yes, into a spirit form that became a physical form. I'm not too sure how it happens or how it works, but I think she might be able to travel into a spirit form and then manifest back into a physical form on the other side of town. No, what it was is she was the spirit form talking to you and her vehicle was auto driving to you. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Because I I remember you stepped out as she pulled up in the van. And what was it you guys talked about woven? Well, I remember she knocked on the door and of course, Oh yeah, that I, was looking for a window to climb out. Unfortunately, be, they don't have windows at Motel 6s besides they, the front ones. They have those windows in the bathroom that are tiny, and Eric and I got to arguing about if I could fit through it or not. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't open the door, so she manifests her spirit to form onto my bed, and we start conversing. She convinces me... And this is after Nolan. I don't know if he got a feather up his butt or what, but he's like, here, here's a better lifestyle for you. 5,000 creds. You got a better living. That was <laughs> your half of your contract payout. Yeah. Well, Interwoven's like, uh, I'm not dumb. I'm not taking that. And see, now this led into a lot of table talk because – Justin and Sam were trying to convince Matt to take the money. And Matt wanted to take the money to keep things going and to keep things nice and neat. But his character couldn't accept the money. That's true. So Sam and Justin were trying to convince me as the player. And I understood as a player. But what they weren't understanding is my character cannot understand. They're trying to say a better lifestyle means better protection. But actually a better lifestyle could also mean more attention. So if my character walks into a better looking house, he's going to have a lot more attention on him. And that's not something he wants at all. 
That was one of the reasons why he chose not the better lifestyle. But the second one was simply because of what he did with Walter's character. He sent Walter to a Motel 6 while he was getting healed, but he put cameras all over it so he could keep an eye on Walter. Who's to say that Nolan had not done the same thing? Granted, he did set it up through the fixer, and the fixer said it was completely anonymous. But what kind of trust do I really have with both Nolan and even my fixer? We have only a slight connection with one another. So I had every reason to turn this down. And this is where the Matt plays his character so well because it is such it is a naive move as well as a very paranoid move. The only reason you aren't accepting a nice middle lifestyle hotel or not hotel but apartment room is because you think that a it might be bugged and b everybody's out to get you. Yeah. And then this is where it continues on, where Woven will have to discuss the whole transpiring, because this is what had me rolling this entire night. Uh, I'm, I'm, as a player, am a little paranoid that I won't get this off beautifully so each listener can enjoy it as well as we did. Well, you know what, then? I'll release, end it with one before we get into this heavy, heavy situation, I'll end it with the one more light note where my character decided to pop a dose of Zen and start chasing the dragon. He then decides, who's he going to call up but his buddy Woven? And he starts telling Woven about how they need to get the children back because the cop stole the unicycle from his buddy Tommy ten years ago. And that uh, Woven needs to help him because they've been buddies from all the way back and played basketball on the court and how uh-huh. they did the winning shots. Yep, Woven made the winning slam dunk back in elementary school, and he said that if he ever made the winning slam dunk, he would help him get his kids back from the crooked cop who stole the unicycle. Celine asked if that was all true, and I, with just this utter shock, uh, I haven't known him for more than three weeks. I don't know what he's talking about. Needless to say, my character was a little out of his mind at the time. But, Matt, you really need to get that down because that sigh was priceless and just started the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) The... (sighs) (sighs) There it is! (laughs) So, Celine then... I still don't know how she really did it. She convinces you to go to a safe house with her woven and that she is going to put you up in a safe house for the night and guarantees absolutely no harm will come to you. It was two things that Celine had done to convince me. One of them was not meta and one of them was meta. The one that was meta was I basically had our DM Eric... Sam, Justin, everybody convincing me that I'm paranoid. And they were really just trying to say that that my character is paranoid. But I started to feel like as a player, am I taking this overboard? Uh, Are they just trying to get me to get out of this? So I started to think, okay, how can I make this more smooth? How can I make this more 
flowable for everybody, maybe maybe I should just consider getting in. The part that was not meta that I said maybe I should, this is this is what I should do. Celine had started talking to me about how there was another form of way of tracking, of keeping tabs on me, a form that I have no idea nor understand about. And it was the celestial way of how she got into the room, how they were tracking me, what Sam's character had done when she had left her body and found me on the roof. So that really got me paranoid into thinking, there's a lot more I need to learn. All right, let me go ahead and... Let me hop into this van. Uh, That was was not easy to do. So you were curious as well. I was very curious. I realized that I needed to find another way to protect myself on a spiritual level. So you're trying to... You, the player, are working on developing your character at this point. Maybe he's becoming a little more trusting, and maybe he's finding ways to make himself less vulnerable. The trusting was maybe a a sliver. A stretch? A stretch. Okay. a, A sliver. But it was more about... There's definitely a lot of intrigue on who the Celine chick is. Yeah, that's what the driving force was, was the intrigue, because you've been curious about Celine the entire time. She's definitely been very intriguing to him, but she was right. I needed to learn to protect myself on a better level. So I hopped into the van, and it only to confirm that I have been playing my character right this entire time, ladies and gentlemen. And why is that? All right. Let me try to get this to flow just as beautifully as I can. So I hop in, and Celine shows that this vehicle runs on auto drive. I love this little feature about our vehicle. We begin moving, and all of a sudden I hear another voice in the back of the vehicle. It's Celine's astral buddy. It's it's her but not her. It's like two sides of her. It's weird. This one's more antagonizing type of character. And she's just antagonizing me. Like, he's such a paranoid little boy. Or, now we've really got him as they lock the door. See, And I will jump in here. This is also a propensity and reoccurring theme of Eric's. He loves to have these NPCs that poke buttons of certain characters. They're angsty. Mm-hmm. But uh, what it was is it. she turns around and is saying, all right, we, we have him now. He's safe. And then you're talking to Celine a little bit. The doors aren't locked quite yet. Because you talk with Celine a little bit, and then that astral form says one thing as they lock the doors. And even Eric said himself, I really shouldn't say this. And he was right. Please remind me what exactly she says. The exact words of that astral form is, you're going somewhere safe. Well, no, Celine goes, we're taking you somewhere safe. And then the astral form turns around and is like, Yep, yeah, no one will find you and no one will hear you scream. 
and locks uh, the doors. Uh, <laughs> Which that is a very reassuring statement, isn't it? Yeah, whatever, Walter. <sighs> At that point, that switch gets flipped to full panic. So, I not even thinking. Well, the first thing I ask Eric is, what does Celine have on her that's hackable? Eric says nothing. Or maybe a phone. Nothing really useful to me. I don't even think about the van at this time. So I'm sitting there pushing the buttons of the van. Just frantically trying to get out. Celine is trying to calm me down while the astral forms in the back antagonizing me even more. I can't get out of the van me pushing the buttons is doing nothing besides turning the windshield wipers on and off, the, and the, the fluid shooting out, the AC, the, the radio, yeah. all of that. So I start and I take my grappling gun and I shoot it into the window, which deflects off, leaving a little crack. And of course, it's now ejected from my gun, but there's the string. So I grab the rope and I just start throwing that. Oh, time end out. Of it. You shoot it out of your gun, it bounces off the window, and ends up smacking Celine in the side of the head. <laughs> and then Celine calls I don't see Selena that. on a video chat. See, I'm in a point right now where I'm playing for my character. That's I don't correct. see so, little things. Like, yes. So you got to just keep adding in what you need to add in. And that is correct. At that point, Celine, Celine does call in Melina. And she calls her on a video chat and says, hey, how can I calm your friend down? He's starting to freak out. And I'm not done. I'm not stopping. I keep taking that grappling hook and bashing it into that window, bashing it into that window. They're over there trying to calm me down. There's one part here. They're trying to calm you down, talking to you. At this point, Melina shows Nolan. Nolan sees you freaking out. And you hear these words, which ramps you up further, because I turn around and I say, eh, just trank them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I hit it even harder. I'm pushing buttons that all that I can. I blast open that window finally. And we're doing 75 miles down the road in this v- auto vehicle. I prop myself up into that broken window. And I jump out. Oh, you missed another miles. miraculous moment here. What's uh, that? Celine's spirit attempts to stun bolt you. And what that would do would be that would successfully knock you out and make you unconscious. But you, thanks to your stacking sixes and some great rolls on your part, are able to completely withstand and ignore her stun bolt. Basically, he was so frantic that it did nothing to him. Which is a great way to say it in-game, yeah. The Sunbolt does nothing. I may feel something, and that which only makes me more frantic and amped up. I jump up into that window. I jump out, and I pull out my arm to shoot out the grappling hook. And At 75 miles an hour, nonetheless. I, I didn't care what i was grappling on to but i and i and i knew that the chances of me dying was pretty high 
but he had to get the heck out of there. So he shoots up his arm. He pushes those buttons to shoot out that grappling hook that's connected to his wrist. And he shoots it right back into the vehicle because somehow they controlled my arms and made me shoot myself right back into the van. Because as you're jumping out the window, Eric was rolling after the stun bolt failed to possess your arms. Yeah, there was legs. there was there was no defense rolling on my end. Eric was just scrambling. Then he's like, "Dang it, this kid!" <laughs> well, you know, you've yet to thank Eric for saving Interwoven's life. Maybe I might have found a wire pole or something to grapple to and get out of there safely <laughs> and once you're back in the car you're starting to kick and everything and they possess your legs so yes my arms and legs are possessed now which gives me a moment to realize oh this band is ar so what do i do i hack into it i begin to swerve it all around and i say let me out of here now nope not listening to me and I just swerving it. I'm speeding it up. I 180 it to turn it around. And what does Celine do? Celine does the one thing you should never do to a hacker slash technomancer. And what's that? Touch their cyber deck. <laughs> yes. Eric this is it. where you snapped. Eric said it best when we first started the game. A, cyber, a techomancer would rather dive onto their cyber deck and take the shots themselves than let their cyber deck get hurt. And so I had to let that I had to let that happen. I had to say, "Crap, you said it out of your own mouth, Eric." All right, I crash it. So on that note, we're going to end it there. We have interwoven frantically driving his hacked van to the first tree he can find. We have Nolan and Molina watching on video call we have walter stoned out of his gourd in his van so please make sure you tune in for the next episode of what i'm guaranteeing will be an exciting and entertaining episode of meta no meta please make sure to like us share us and tell anyone who you would know about this amazing podcast you just listened to if you have any questions comments concerns if you want to know what type of shampoo we use, email us at metanometapodcast at gmail.com. Like always, if those dice are hot, please keep on rolling them, guys. Say goodnight. Laters. Good night. Good night.